Hello, this is Richard Joy, Executive Director of the Urban Land Institute, or ULI Toronto. Welcome to a special rebroadcast or repodcast of our PropTech interview series with Terry Olnick, co-chair of the ULI Membership Committee and Managing Director of Multiplex Canada. We are grateful for the sponsorship of Willow, a global technology company working within the real estate and infrastructure industry. Through its renowned digital twinning technology, Willow empowers asset owners and operators to make proactive, data-led decisions in real time and better manage risk. Originally aired this past summer and fall, we hope you enjoy these conversations as Terry unpacks trends, advancements, challenges and innovative solutions and technology in the real estate and development sector. Where have we been and where is technology taking us? How has COVID-19 shaped the prop tech landscape and why is having a digital strategy so important these days? We hope you enjoy. Hi everyone, my name is Terry Olenek. Really happy to have Tui with me here from Procore. And today we're gonna to mix it up a bit. Instead of myself doing an interview, we're gonna hand the, uh, the reins over to Riggs and allow him to ask all the questions till his heart's content. So I'm gonna hand it over to you, Riggs. How are you doing today? I'm great, thanks Terry. Well, I just wanted to say uh, thank you for letting me jump in the middle of this super interesting conversation. The, the I think there's a couple of reasons why I think it's so cool to be able to do this. One, um, I personally am a big fan of ULI, have been for a very long time. I think it's one of the more powerful trade organizations globally um, with the biggest, some of the biggest owners, operators, developers, alongside the biggest builders, tech companies, architects, and really having everyone come together in that sort of collaborative platform is really compelling. I think has been a inspiration for me and in, in a way is something that I think Procore and Multiplex are sort of bringing to the, the built world. So it's pretty neat to, to be here. And the second thing uh, that I'm really excited about is Tui, who's the founder and CEO of Procore and you, Terry, as the, the president and leader of Multiplex in Canada, are both such esteemed leaders in your own space and come at the problem or opportunity of digitizing and innovating around construction in the built world in very similar yet very distinct ways. And I just thought it would be so, so cool to have the listeners hear from both of you on similar questions and then um, be able to, to have a conversation around, you know, your each individual um, lens on that. So very excited to be here and just quick background on me. I, I've uh, started in the commercial real estate world at a company called Tish Inspire. I founded a company called Honest Buildings uh, in New York City, which was uh, early-ish uh, relative to TUI, which we'll hear about um, construction technology and, and sort of early prop tech company. And we merged together with TUI and Procore um, about 15, 16 months ago, which has been an awesome, awesome experience. And Terry and I have gotten to um, get to know each other over the course of the last couple of years. And I just have a ton of respect and admiration for what you're building. So just thought it'd be so cool to bring all those pieces together and be able to um, you know, help push the conversation along. So without further ado, maybe I'll just give a quick bio of Tui, quick bio of Terry, just in case anyone doesn't know. And uh, then we'll jump into the questions. Sound good, fellas? Sounds great. Okay, so Tui is the founder and CEO of Procore. Um, for anyone who doesn't know Procore, it's one of the, if not the leading construction technology companies 
uh, in the world. It's uh, headquartered in Carpinteria, California, which is a beautiful location if anyone hasn't been. Uh, Tui founded the company in 2002 and uh, fast forward to today, there's over 2000 employees operating in 14 offices around the world. Um, there's been over a million construction projects that have run on Procore. Uh, there's 1.3 million users that rely on Procore every day. And I think we just passed a trillion dollars in construction volume that has run on Procore, which is still to this day, I think pretty staggering in, in my mind. Um, Tui himself is, is not only a, an incredible leader because I have a chance to, to work with him, but Forbes also called him the uh, one of the cloud technology's hottest uh, CEOs by creating a unicorn technology company revolving around construction. I think it's pretty, pretty amazing what uh, Tui's been able to do. And uh, he's very passionate about connecting everyone in construction on a global platform and never wants to stop uh, sort of helping to provide the construction industry with technology to make their lives easier, safer, and, and more productive. And Terry uh, is the president and managing director of Multiplex in uh, Canada and Toronto. And Terry is responsible for executing basically the, the business to create uh, value, realize innovative solutions and drive precision across the scaling of this solution in, in Canada. Um, there's with Terry has more than 25 years in the construction industry uh, based in Toronto, but really sort of all over the world uh, at this point. And um, he shares an entre entrepreneurial passion for delivering and developing products and people. And I think that that is really continued to drive the evolution of construction as it's changed over the course of the last, you know, years. And I think that's my, my experience with you, Terry, you've, taken a, a completely innovative approach to an industry who's really been doing the same thing for a long time, but really starting to think about the world through technology lens, through sustainability lens. I know you're, you're lead accredited and you're on the board of the, the Toronto Green Building Council, in addition to being on the board of the ULI membership committee in Toronto. Um, it's pretty amazing the advancements that you've seen in over the course of the last 25 years, but also what, you know, what I'm interested in is like the last five or six years and just how fast technology is sort of driving that. So you have Tui leading one of the global technology companies. You have Terry leading one of the global construction companies, uh, both sort of at the helm coming together in this intersection of um, construction, the built world and technology and innovation. Hopefully that sets the stage for, for this conversation today. Thank you guys for letting me moderate. Thank you. It's exciting to be here. Yeah, yeah. So to start off, let's let's have an open-ended question. But I, I'm interested to hear from both of you um, what what you think the most groundbreaking advancement is in the AEC or architecture, engineering, construction industry, in, in your opinion. But but really, at any time period, it doesn't have to be a year ago or 50 years ago. Just what, what do you think is has really changed our our industry uh, for the better? Well, why don't I, I'll jump in and then I'm really interested to hear what Terry has to say. But um, I think what, what really changed the industry the most is, is the ability to connect different folks. Now, if you go way back in time, back to when I was really young in construction, um, what connected meant was literally, uh, you know, meeting face to face. There was really no other medium in order to ensure that information was flowing you know, smoothly. And so there was a lot of time and effort spent on getting people to the job site and job site meetings and job site walks and everything else. Um, and then you see the advent of like the mobile devices, like mobile phones, and all of a sudden people can actually have a, 
kind of a conversation virtually anywhere. But I, I will tell you the from my vantage point, the just the ability to connect through the internet, which changed every industry, uh, was by far the biggest advent of kind of leveling the playing field and making the whole industry that much more efficient. Uh, and, uh, you know, though we haven't really reached the high levels of efficiency that we think we could hit, I think that that alone just got everybody onto the same playing field and allowed for kind of seamless uh, exchange of information. And um, to me, so that's, a, that's an evolutionary thing over time. It's taken, you know, 25, 30 years for this to really become ubiquitous. And, um, but now it's, 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 it's basically the way the work gets done. So I would say the digital transformation, starting with mobile going through the internet is, is really uh, the way I see it. Love that. Terry, what do you think? It's, it's very similar to what he was saying. Um, we're, we're at the point now where behaviors are actually changing and people have confidence. Uh, I remember it, it took a while for people to believe that a construction site, as an example, would be paperless, you know, touch screens on the walls or touch screens built into the, uh, the tables. Uh, but the minute, the minute you left that, that, uh, construction trailer or construction office, uh, you became disconnected and a lot of companies had a hard time investing in an iPad or, or handheld or some sort of, uh, device that would allow someone to go walk the site with confidence, have real time up-to-date information um and 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 use it so now we're at the point where uh uh everyone is generally armed with uh a device i, I the other day at one of our sites i saw uh, a tradesperson laying out some uh, drywall track and had his phone right in front of him and he was spreading out the phone just to get the dimensions so that he could continue to do his work that's where we are today now we've we've gone from not believing the technology is going to be, be able to help us to absolutely depending on their devices to do their work in their day. So now how long, you know, does the battery last? How long, where, where is the available charging? How, how convenient or how reliable is the site uh, intranet for people to, to take advantage of? So now everyone is sort of dependent on this technology and this and uh, it, access to the web, it's 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 all of a sudden become vital. You know, you know what Terry, what you just said is so true. Which was in the early days of technology on a job site, technology was kind of of a novelty, and it it really it couldn't get out of its own way in a lot of cases. Uh, and so it was it wasn't an enabler; it was actually slowing people down. But now that technology has become an enabler, it's like any other tool. It doesn't matter if it's a electronic device or if it's a you know, if it's a better, you know, um, um, you know, coil nailer for roofing, you, if the tool works and it enables you to do your job more efficiently, it will get adopted. And I, and that, that is exactly where I see us today, which is where now it's, it's moved from novelty into actually efficiency, uh, gaining, um, technology. And, and people are, are really counting on, you know, if they're opening up a drawing, for example, they're off to a site, they're off to a certain floor, uh, they open up the drawing of that floor. They're expecting that layout to be the absolute latest layout, coordinated. Someone else is worried about uh, making sure that, that 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 layer of drawing is the most up-to-date with all the RFIs answered, any of the changes made, so that they can just focus on getting their work built. Yeah, 
You're right. And that's that kind of transformation where when it was technology was a novelty and got in your way, people would open it up, but then they wouldn't know if they could trust it. Right. But now I think now that kind of paradigm shift has, you know, has happened and, and now you do rely on it and you bring up kind of a dystopian, interesting concept, which is now that we are so reliant on technology in the job site, you have to have internet, you have to have high speed, you have to have connectivity. And if that goes away, you know, yeah. where do you go? Where do you, you go? Know, hard, hard to go backwards, you know? Yeah. We've clearly come a really long way uh, over the course of the last, you know, 25 years in construction and Procore has been around for 20 years. Terry, you've been, you know, at this for, for 25 years, which is amazing because I think you, you all have seen like a complete cycle um, yet it sort of feels like we're just getting started, which is also just absolutely, you know, incredible and, and really exciting. But just all the way back, um, you know, Terry, may, maybe you first, oh, where did you grow up and what did you think you'd be when you grew up? And what, what was the sort of like arc of, of growing up and getting to the, the sort of place you are today? Uh, I grew up in, uh, in a suburb of Toronto. It's called Rexdale. Uh, I actually grew up in a condominium and every day I'd look at this big monster tower and figured and ask myself, how on earth did this thing get built? <laughs> Just fascinated by the whole concept of this big, huge tower. Um, and over time, <clears throat> got to know some people in the trades. I was always sort of, uh, always had an entrepreneurial spirit out there hustling, offering to paint people's houses to make a few bucks. Um, that's, that's how it was for me. And uh, you know, early days, I thought I'd be uh, a fireman growing up. I always loved seeing the action. Uh, growing up in a condo, it was uh, hardly a day went by where you didn't see a fire truck roll through. I thought those guys were, were awesome. And then uh, as reality kicked in, I thought, you know what? I, I want to I make it on my own, uh, run my own business or start my own business. And that's eventually where I ended up uh, was uh, the ability to run a business. But all through my career, I've always had a entrepreneurial lens as to, well, this is how it's being done now, but we can do it different. And let's try it out. Let's give it a shot. Um, you know, starting a, a renewable energy company within a company. Uh, that's a huge success now. Um, running a modular factory and getting that off the ground. And, you know, it really does take uh, someone who sees clearly, someone who has a, is determined in their vision and is willing to listen to other people and what they have to say. And if you can, if you can build a sort of an army of believers around you, there's nothing that can really stop you. So interesting that, that it, it, you are a builder in a literal sense for, you know, some of the biggest buildings in, in Canada. And yet you're really a company builder and an entrepreneur uh, at heart. And that's something that, that Tui and I talk about often too. Um, just the, the feeling of being a builder and you just can't really, get it get away from it but but to where, where'd you grow up and uh tell us some of the experiences and realizations that that shaped your career path along the way well uh so yeah i grew up down in san diego california and uh my dad was enamored with uh buying homes and um uh, fixing them up and flipping them back before it was actually a thing i think back in the 70s and 80s and um i too just like terry so this is why i love this industry is i am fascinated by people who are not satisfied with the status quo and are always looking for process improvements and to change the world through, you know, incremental uh, steps. And so I looked at all of the, the folks that my dad would employ uh, and, and think to myself, like, I want to be like them. They're, they're 
they're curious, they're um, inventive, uh, they're like natural born mavericks and they're kind of entrepreneurial in spirit. They're willing to just like kind of run through brick walls to get stuff done. And I just, I just, everything about those kind of the people that were in my life that I looked up to was like, you know, gosh, when I grow up, I want to be like them. Uh, and so, you know, yeah. So that was kind of, I was always enamored with that. I too was like the, I always tell the story about when I remember when I was a little kid, my mom used to get mad at me because we'd be walking down the street and I would dart across the street to a chain link fence to like grab onto it, to look at the excavator digging a hole. And I, I was just like, how does this machine that weighs, you know, more than, you know, nine automobiles <laughs> operate? Like, how do they do this? So I've always been super curious. I always felt like I was, you know, a, a builder kind of at heart. And I've, you know, I still build to this day. And um, yeah, so I, the people I love most are the people who build this world. And so for me, I joined this industry just because I want to be around that type of personality, just like Terry. I want to be around people like Terry, frankly. Yeah. Just like, amazing how many parallels there are. But Tui, how did, how did you go from, well, I think it's interesting for, for this audience and, and I always think it's an amazing story, but, but how did you go from, you know, looking over the, the chain link fence to, you know, building and growing one of the biggest and fastest growing technology companies in the world? Well, I, uh, I, it started by letting my family down, by telling them instead of going into banking, which was really what the family business was, that I was going to be a, I was going to be a carpenter. Uh, and they, you know, they, I don't think they saw the career path progression that I was hoping to see. So, um, you know, started off uh, being a carpenter. I joined the local union and um, was a journeyman carpenter and uh, ended up in a weird way building some projects. I'm actually here in Palm Springs, California right now. And yesterday, my wife and I drove by two of the buildings that I built 30 years ago. And whenever I'm out here, I like to go by and just make sure that they're you know, still standing, which they are. Uh, and so uh, you know, I was trying to be a developer. I was really confused in the development world as to how anything got done because you had, there was so little information when I was building these projects. Uh, little transparency, I had all this money at risk, and but I had no visibility into where the risk lied, you know, with uh, schedules and budgets and everything else. And it was always a lot of hand waving, like, oh, trust me, you know, we're, you know, they're pouring on Tuesday or whatever. And it was never like, it's just anyways, it was, this opacity was killing me. So decided I wanted to start a technology company to solve the opacity challenges in construction. And I thought the best way to do it is to build a platform to connect owners, GCs, and specialty contractors all on one uh, solution. Unfortunately, I met uh, you, Riggs, who uh, helped short circuit a big part of that by bringing us the owner's uh, tool sets that we could do. So anyhow, dissatisfied with what it was to be a developer, decided I wanted to go and solve the problem. And, and I've been doing that for about 20 years now. So, um, and as I like to say, I feel like we're just getting started. Tell us, or tell, tell the group maybe in like just one, two sentences, cause I think it's you know important to get the lens of your thoughts, but how do you, how do you explain Procore in, you know, 30 seconds to, to people who haven't heard about it? So think about Procore as a software platform for construction. Uh, it's fully integrated in this cloud base. So it's not, there's no CD-ROMs or anything else installed. And it, and it services the mission that Procore has to connect everyone in construction on a global platform. So you wouldn't have the ability to connect owners, GCs and specialty contractors together if you weren't built as a platform. Uh, and so that's the whole point is that we have this platform where we don't have solutions we have over 250 partners who built on top of our platform to enable the uh, our customers to be more efficient in what they do. 
And so collectively with our platform and our partners and our solutions, we are on this mission to connect everybody on, on the platform. It's, it's pretty incredible. And, and as I said at the, at the beginning, I think it's interesting, the parallels to a ULI, which, you know, for the last 50, uh, 100 years, and Terry, I'm not sure exactly how many years ULI has been around, but I know it's been around for a long time. And I know the sort of founding principles were how do we get people together to share knowledge and sort of, in a way, not thinking about creating a technology platform, but how do we, you know, learn from each other and connect and do things more effectively and, and more efficiently. And it's, it's just very interesting, the parallels of bring that fast forward to today and seeing what what TUI has built on a on a global scale is just so cool. Well, that's why ULI is so um, excited about hosting this webcast and and sharing um, the sort of uh, the beginnings of great companies where they are today and where they see themselves going in the future. And I've heard TUI say it a few times where you know Procore is a construction solution, but I'm really starting to see it as a bigger solution other than construction. I'm really seeing it as a, as a facilitation um, platform for people to uh, jump on with relative ease and confidence and then experience the wave of, and the journey as they're going through their planning, their coordination with their consultants, um, all of the organizing that automatically happens in the platform. Yes, then you get to the fun part, which is construction, and then there's the handover at the end. And <clears throat> I think you know, with, with so many people being inundated by technology and information, you know, what wave do you jump on, right? Where do you put, where do you put that surfboard and jump on and go? And that's the one area I found with, with Procore is that there's so many people willing with ease just to jump in and say, okay, I've heard some great things about this. Tell me more, show me. And uh, <clears throat> what we're starting to see now, and I'd love to learn more, Tui, is, you, you know, you created a platform for people to all sort of be organized and centered. But now you said you have 250 companies that have built on your platform. Well, why did 250 companies choose to build on your platform? Why are they all in supporting you? What's, the, what's in it for them? I, I'm really curious. I, by the way, I love that you asked that question because here's the thing you're not going to expect the CEO and founder of a company is to say. It has nothing to do with Procore. The only reason they built on our platform is that they believe in the mission underneath the company, which is to be very open and connected because it's, it, you know, if you, just from a cognitive standpoint, it makes sense that if you can get people to connect with one another more closely than they are in their standard way of operating, you're going to have a more efficient outcome. And so they don't, I don't think they think of themselves as building on the Procore platform, though that's what they're doing. What they're doing is, is that they're, they're weaving together all of the different pieces uh, that are involved in, to your point, from ideation of a project all the way through decommissioning of that asset. They're, they're, they're trying to bring everybody together in a central location because the opposite, Terry, is it's chaos, right? It's if, if every little business process is done in some different way and people aren't communicating, you have mass, massive inefficiencies. So I just think it's, um, it's a group of like-minded people that believe in being connected and being open. Uh, and they believe in a single source of truth. And we're just fortunate enough to have built that foundation that they can build on top of. Hmm. So yeah, love that. T Terry, I'm interested in, in, in your perspective, because it's like the the other side of the, the coin, right? How, how is technology shaping the future of multiplex? And I know Procore is a part of that, but not, you know, not everything. I'm, I'm just really interested to hear 
Like, is that also the way that, that you see it? Well, we actually, Procore is a big part of it. We, um, I've been in the construction business a long time. Uh, I've, I've been with companies where they try to create their own in-house version of a project management software, uh, invested millions and millions of dollars to say the least to try and stay current or keep it, keep it, uh, fluid, but it really, it really was a, an internal tool. It wasn't outward facing. It didn't invite people to come in and use the platform. Um, and so when I had the good, the good opportunity to work with, uh, with Procore, it showed me the difference in what a collaboration tool can really mean. So uh, we've, we've, as Multiplex, we've experienced different uh, project management uh, tools, if you will. And when we started to test out uh, Procore in Canada, um, the reaction from our staff was incredible. They, uh, they absolutely loved, use, or still love using the platform because it's so intuitive and some of the platforms just keep you so organized and it and it really helps you reduce the amount of steps and clicks you need to take every day and the transparency that comes with it in terms of sharing a report with your supervisor or sharing a report with the owners or keeping the consultants all in line uh, really saves time in your day so instead of Adding all of these hours, you know, imagine a project manager coordinator trying to get all of this stuff organized and updated. Procore really helps people stay organized a lot faster. And now that gives them more time to focus on building rather than organizing in their day. So now that you have capacity open up for your people, you can start to take on other challenges. And what we like to call ourselves is a model first construction company. So um, Revit. As an example, 3D models, uh, we insist that uh, when we start off a project, we work with uh, an LOD 300 model, uh, which we will then put into a schedule, which makes it a 4D schedule. And it allows us to really pick apart and understand how the job is going to come out of the ground, where we're sourcing our materials, all of those stakeholders involved get to see firsthand what next week is going to look like visually, what six months is going to look like visually, and, and allows an alignment of real, um, true collaboration and an organization within the platform. Hmm. Ultimately, when you hand a, a building to an owner virtually that has been built, represented in a LOD 400 or level of design 400 uh, uh, platform, now they're set up for what's called the digital twin. They're digital twin ready. You know, you just start to layer in uh, things like uh, assets, IoT, but we're, the platform and the asset management handover uh, is so much simpler through uh, collaboration with, uh, with Procore. So, you know, where we were once upon a time or one day we will be, we're actually there now. And now this is where the real digital collaboration is starting to open up and find people time in their day. If it does anything, if it keeps people organized, they know they're clicking and opening the most recent drawing and they don't have to worry about the source of truth, where that information is coming from. And then they can share their models with each other. That's phenomenal. We've, we've, we've shown owners uh, other projects we're doing right now where we're able to open up that LOD 300 drawing with relative ease within Procore and that owner didn't need Navisworks. That owner didn't need prescribed software. They could show them on the phone. 
So now they go off and tell two friends, look at my building, look at where we're at with all of the coordination, the MEP is all coordinated structure, we've reduced all these clashes, and you have what I'd say not very savvy, technically driven owners pulling up their phones and showing everyone the model of the building with relative ease. And that's, that's, amazing. that's, that's amazing. You know, what's interesting, Terry, and, and is that you just defined what we think we've seen coming for a long time, which is the silos of the way buildings get built, where yeah. it's like the design team hands it off to the pre-con team and the pre-con hands it off the construction, the construction has a turnover team. And like all of that is now gone when you're dealing with a single source of truth, like a model like that. Um, and, and everybody has to work so much more integrated. There's no more walls to toss anything over. Uh, but at the end, you end up with such a more efficient process. I think, I think what you just described obviously is what we see as the future, but I wonder, you know, uh, how many people have actually got their head around that? Cause you, 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 you all are doing it so well. Um, but you're clearly, uh, I think, ahead of uh, a lot, which is um, which is really cool. Yeah, our teams. Once uh, once we ring the bell and it's time for a new project, um, the team can't wait to open up another Procore Procore file. To be honest with you, because they know it's the beginning of something highly organized that they can trust, right? Well, and when Procore got started, we were. The, the real ask was, is that we were doing construction project management, right? Which is such a finite period during the whole asset life cycle. And as, as what you've just described hap has been happening is there is no discrete function of just project management or, you know, pre-con or design coordination or whatever. It's all kind of one team working throughout this entire process where there aren't these hard jumps. So, um, so yeah, no, I love that you want to do it, that you love doing it in Procore, but it's actually what you all are doing is is bigger than than all of that, which is you're blurring the lines between, hey, that's not my job, and we're all in this together from you know schematic design all the way through, you know, closeout. So so why did uh, why did honest buildings fit so nicely into this platform? Yeah. So uh, as I mentioned, 20 years ago when I started, I was actually a frustrated real estate developer. I had done some contracting, but I really wanted to be a developer. So I knew that if you couldn't, if you couldn't connect the owner and the GC and the specialty contractors together on one platform, this vision wasn't going to be wasn't going to be found. It wasn't going to you know come true. And so I started by saying, okay, well, the hub of information was always back in the day around a project was through the general contractor, right? Uh, RFIs got issued from the specialty contractor to the GC. GC will push them up to the architect. They were the hub and spoke model of how information flowed. So we spent the better part of 20 years building out this, this workflow engine on a platform that allows contractors to manage all the collaboration between their specialty contractors and their owners. And we always intended to provide solutions for specialty contractors and owners. And when we were, um, we kind of embarked on that mission and we had a, we had a sizable owner's business at the time, but not nothing nearly as big as honest Riggs and I had met and Riggs and I always joke about this, but we, we were literally separated at birth because I think we both set out to solve the same problem from different orientations. I set out from a general contractor's perspective. He set out from an owner's perspective. And when we had the chance to spend time together, it was just like, this has to come together. This, this merger has got to take place because 
he, he and his team had such deep knowledge around what the owners wanted. And we had such deep knowledge around what the general contractor community needed and used, uh, as well as some of the specialty contractors that we thought, if we pushed all this together, we can accelerate our timeline of bringing everyone together. And, and um, we haven't looked back. Yeah, and from my perspective, accelerate the impact for the industry. You know, like the t Terry, you you laid it out perfectly. But you know, when your your clients, your customers, your owners that you're working with say, you know, we want to see the the model on our phone. Like they they do want to see that, but they also want to see way more, right? They want to they want to be able to connect instantaneously with the project, and that that's really tough, right? That is really tough without a platform that can can come together and really bring all of these disparate stakeholders together in a unified way that's easy to use and is available on, on the phone and and so i was sort of looking at it from the owner side being like how can we get more information and um you know a lot of the owners started to ask can we can we get information from procore and that's when Tui and i sort of said like wow what, what if what if you really could right maybe you could actually accelerate the whole industry by allowing people to to use great software that feels like it's purpose built for them, but it's actually connected to all the other pieces of their project. And if you could do that, you know, I think that's a pretty impactful thing for the, for the whole built world, um, which is, which is why it's so exciting to me. And I just feel like we've, we've really accelerated the value that we can create, not only for great general contractors, specialty contractors and owners, but, but really almost like society through enabling people to build better. How long have you been connected as Honest Buildings and Procore? How long has that happened? About a year and a half. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> and and what have you realized or discovered in in the in the marriage? Are you are <laughs> you uh, are, are you are you are you going faster than you anticipated? Are you solving problems you never thought you'd solve? Like, tell me, what did you learn in this connection that you never imagined? You're probably going to get a little bit of a different flavor uh, from both of us, but I'll tell you this that. Before we actually brought the two companies together, Riggs and I spent a lot of time talking to large owners. And uh, what we realized was, though this kind of mission that we're on to connect everybody is important, what's really important after you connect people is that you deliver value uh, to the stakeholders. Sure. And the, the primary value that Riggs and I were trying to derive was everyone's keeping their own ledgers. Everyone knows what the yard of concrete is going to cost them, right? But nobody knows nobody's using that collective wisdom of a million projects and thousands of, you know, daily active users or whatever else to help inform all the different stakeholders around how to run more efficient businesses. So, um, you know, Riggs and I embarked on this saying that, okay, uh, you know, table stakes are, we have to connect everybody because that's where the magic happens. But the, in reality, where the real magic happens is once we can allow insights to be derived from that data for all the different stakeholders to ensure that they're running efficient, safe, um, productive jobs. And, and so I, I would say what um, I get most excited about is we are on that journey right now of unlocking all of that truth. And um, that's going probably faster than I had originally estimated. So Riggs, what do you think? What do you say? Yeah, I would say two things, three, three things. One, I agree with, with all that Two, I think the opportunity is actually bigger than, than at least I thought, but I don't want to speak for you, but I think maybe that we thought because now people are starting to see that vision, this vision, Terry, that, you know, you're sort of also seeing about how it's really a differentiator and owners are starting to ask for that data and access. 
that's not just a problem in Toronto or New York City or Boston or Chicago. That is literally a global problem. That is a systemic problem in our industry. And there's $10 trillion a year in construction. So it is, it is I think, bigger and, and actually more exciting than I think we thought, at least I thought, you know, maybe 18 months ago. And that is super compelling. Um, but but for me, with different lens, the the most successful thing I think is the the people and the culture combination. And I think that one of the things that Tui and I recognized very early on is for two companies to come together, as cliche as it sounds, like you really do have to have, uh, it is a marriage, you have to have people who really can melt and, and they need to care about each other and they need to care about the mission and the vision and the values of the the thing that you're creating because it is it is two living breathing objects you know c- coming together and they they need to to work together and i think that most mergers fail because of that i think that that's widely acknowledged it's it is a culture problem and i think that has been actually more successful than i think we thought also i i feel like we thought it was going to be good but you don't know until you know you you push them together and i we've had very very little turnover and i mean arguably I think that people are even more excited now than they were 18 months ago, which, you know, through a global pandemic, that's, that's pretty incredible. So, so with, with the blending of, of two great cultures coming together and, and reestablishing a culture, inevitably there's going to be um, ideas. Uh, people are passionate about certain things. Tui, how do you, as a CEO, how, how do you handle innovation in your company? Uh, such a great question. And by the way, there's no real short answer in this, but um, the best way I like to say it, Terry, is that we push it down to the lowest note, the people closest to our customers, the people that are closest to the, the challenges. As you, know, as you look at the technology footprint that most companies have deployed over the last 10, 15 years, um, there's some that are very specific and there's some that are very, um, you know, you have a very specific knowledge set around. So what we believe is that there's no, there's no leader at Procore who has all the answers. What we believe is that there's folks who are very close to the customers or have come from industry and now work at Procore and, and know everything that they, you know, could ever want to know about, about BIM or digital twins in, in particular, or whatever aspect. And then we, we hire great people with that knowledge and we empower the hell out of them to drive those kind of initiatives forward. Um, but it's kind of, it's kind of messy because we, you know, you have lots of people and you have lots of different ideas. Um, but what we do have is we have a common mission and we prioritize, uh, we prioritize just relentlessly. We have frameworks that we use in order to decide what comes next based on uh, a lot of inputs. And so we have a, a framework that we run all innovation through that makes sure that the next highest uh, ROI for a customer is built uh, before something really cool and neat is built. And it's hard. It takes discipline to do that. But when you look at the, when we go in and we talk to a new prospect, or if I'm just talking to somebody that's in the in the industry that's not software related, but they're actually building something, I'm always shocked by the, the footprint that they have of all these different pieces of technology that they bought along the way and how complicated their lives are. Um, and so our goal is, is to reduce that footprint as much as possible to make sense out of it. And so it makes it pretty easy to prioritize which innovations come next uh, because there's just so many opportunities. But I will say the list is long, Terry. There's, you know, the, the number of areas that Procore could get distracted with that have lower ROI than the, than the main ones. 
um, you know, really are, is kind of endless. So it takes a lot of, of discipline, but um, I'd be curious in multiplex, like what is your digital footprint look like? I mean, how many different applications and point solutions do you think you're running at any given time? Is it quantifiable? Do you kind of have any numbers off the top of your head? We're, we're actually constantly looking at the application of digital mm -hmm. and what makes the most sense and what's the most integrated. Uh, so security has obviously become a very big deal for us. Um, cloud support, uh, we're moving full on into the Azure cloud. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's sort of been the North Star for us as, uh, as we move forward as an organization. In Canada, we're trying to keep it a little simpler. Um, you know, project management, we're using, uh, we're using Procore. Where we can federate a model and be model first, we absolutely do it. Um, and try and minimize the amount of software applications we're actually looking at right now. But we're in ourselves trying to <clears throat> launch an innovation platform, very similar to uh, what you've been saying as to, there's a lot of great ideas out there, but what offers the best return on investment? So it's a very agile approach to, uh, to using it for uh, innovation towards construction. And it really is about uh, harnessing the ideas of the people, making sure that they're not, uh, that they feel like they've been listened to. Uh, also, it's really important to be transparent with the ideas that are flowing in mm -hmm. and almost give people an opportunity to vote on what they think is maybe the groundbreaking idea. It may not be, you know, the leadership that, that has the, the right vision or the right choice. It might be a groundswell of your people that raise their hand and say, that's the idea we need to solve. That's the one we want to bring to the table. And when you can bring collectively everybody together, all of a sudden now, they're all rowing in the same direction. So yeah. I really believe that innovation and culture go hand in hand. By the way, you're right. When you, when you can get that alignment, uh, you get a force of nature that is just unstoppable, right? When the we see it all the time. When the, when the field wants to adopt a technology, it doesn't matter what management says. If they're saying no, you're going to use this, the field will win because you know that 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 level of uh, uh, engagement from the people that actually have to get the work done is is you know it's unstoppable. Frankly, it's a force of nature. But um, when you think about adopting technology, do you do you think like platform first or? Um, because I know there's a lot of there's a lot of solutions in the marketplace that are either point solutions or they're old legacy technology that some people have a bias towards because it's what they were used to using. Um, do you ever have to fight that fight internally? Which is like, look, there. Uh, if the data is not on in a, you know in some sort of a, a single source of truth, it doesn't help us. So therefore, though you love this technology, we're not going to endorse it. Do you have, do you have those decisions? Yeah, yeah, we have those. We have those. Uh... We have those challenges that every, every big company does, I think. Um, the one thing uh, I could say about Multiplex is that they've really, we have a very strong uh, CIO and understands that sometimes regionally, uh, there may be a solution that works best for you. So they'll you know, cut bait with it globally and allow you to run with it uh, more locally, right? We, as an example, we use Salesforce quite a bit in, in the Canadian region. We have our own Canadian licenses. We're doing what we need to do. And uh, if, if we have to share information on, on a client basis, we can, we can manage that in a different way. So sometimes well, it, does, it does mean being nimble. But I'm, I'm sure, so Salesforce is a relatively easy choice because it's an open platform. But uh, 
I just, I know we run into situations where some folks like some old technology or uh, some non-open technology. And I know that that's, a, that can be a challenge for management where you're trying to say, no, I know you know how to use that technology. It's not open. It's not connected. I can't make, derive insights from it. And so you have to have difficult conversations with your employees. Um, yeah. Yeah. We, we have a couple legacy systems that were, were derived from, you know, the, the originating country of, of Australia. And, uh, you know, we need to manage through those. Yeah. Driving change is never easy, right? Uh, yeah. Getting people to adopt new things and uh, to change the status quo is never easy. But, uh, but yeah, these are, these are the challenges of management at, at any size company, I would say. How has COVID-19 and the pandemic that we've seen changed, you know, work for, for you, Terry, and then also for, for you, Tui, like what's, what's happened over the course of the next nine months or, or the, sorry, the last nine months? I would say that uh, COVID-19 created what, what I call a technology boot camp, mm. And it, it really, it forced people who were on the periphery to, to start using technology, taking it seriously and counting on it as a, an absolute lifeline. Whereas without a lot of the, the Zooms or the Microsoft Teams or all the different platforms we've been using to share and communicate may not necessarily have had full traction uh, across the board. The, the pendulum through COVID almost swung too far the other way. And I, I think a lot of people now believe in, in the technology and a lot of people can work remotely and still achieve many great things without having to be face to face. It's incredible. Yes. Tui, what, 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 you, you, I mean, th through Procore, I think there's 10,000 different folks that are, you know, different companies that are using Procore in various different places and, and areas. But aside from Procore ourselves, like what, what do you, and you work with so many of the different leaders across the GCs, trades, owners, have you, what, what have you seen through, through COVID in terms of technology use at, you know, in our industry? Well, I want to address that, but I, I think what Terry said is so important to recognize, which was when this all happened, March timeframe, when people really got aware of this, the, the best companies, and obviously Multiplex is one of them, did two things. One was they looked internally and said, what do we need to do to ensure that our teams have everything they need to be successful, safe, uh, and we can survive as a co company? And then secondly, they looked to how do I work differently with our uh, customers today in order to deliver on the all brand new needs of what it means to be in a pandemic and deliver best in class solutions uh, and, and, um, and products to our customers. And, and that's what the best companies did. And, and obviously it sounds like, um, you know, Terry said it well, that they did it well. Um, from our vantage point, we did the same thing. Obviously we're uh, building software and not buildings, but um, from our vantage point, the first thing we did is looked at the business made sure the people were safe, made sure we had everything in place to make sure that we could go remote. We did so in a 24 hour period, sent 2000 people home with their laptops and desk chairs and lamps and whatever else they needed to be productive. Got everybody home, stable, safe, connected. Uh, and then we looked to our customers and said, what do we need to do? Um, and what we didn't anticipate was, look, we were in the midst of, the Globe, Globe was in the midst of a digital transformation in construction. That's 
irrefutable. Everyone knows that, right? We were going from analog to digital. Uh, it was going at a really rapid pace. And what we've seen is since then is that just an acceleration of that, that pace. I think, um, uh, you know, uh, Nadia um, uh, Nadella at, uh, at Microsoft said it well, that we saw like a decade's worth of digital transformation happen like overnight. And um, so we didn't really, we didn't really see that coming, but you know, uh, the fact that people had to work remote and had to work with remote teams, not only on projects, but from a GNA perspective in the construction world, uh, just meant that these platforms were absolutely critical to support remote workforces. So, uh, you know, it's been, uh, it's been an amazing acceleration of this, this digital transformation that, um, that frankly we didn't see coming. And Terry, I think you, you sort of said that too, that, that you saw this sort of acceleration to technology. Um, and we started out talking about technology in the AEC industry and how it's morphed just with the advent of, of Wi-Fi all the way through the pandemic, which, you know, and I agree with both of what you've said, it's, it's almost just accelerated people's roadmaps from 10 years down to like the last six months. And which to me feels like a turning point. So now, you know, my question for both of you is like, what's the future look like? What's the next three to five years look like where you can kind of, you know, squint and see it. And then what's, you know, what's the tech in the AEC construction industry look like in, in 15 years? Well, I, I would say, um, you know, you, you enlightened me uh, on a separate call once Riggs, where you, where you talked about the amount of dollars that, we're flowing uh, through a developer uh, in construction uh, through your platform, and that owner wasn't wasn't really quite aware of what that was. And we're, we're talking billions and billions of dollars flowed through Procore, uh, and the owner was unaware that all of this money was being tracked through Procore, and all the data was available. And so I really challenge you know everyone. What is, a, what is a data strategy that they have, be it an architect, be it an engineer, be it an owner? Um, all of these tools are readily available. People are trusting in these tools, but I don't think they're actually tapping into the data and understanding the value that's been created there, right? There's this whole underworld right now of uh, value being created that no one's really tapped into yet. So you know, let's, let's start to explore what that means. What does that crystal ball tell you, right? Let's start looking at this data. What does it start to reveal? And then how does that make us uh, a better owner, a better developer, uh, a better builder? Um, you, you, look at, you look at Tesla, real simple example. Everybody looks at them as an, a, an amazing car builder. They build carbon-free drives, right? Awesome car, get in. You don't have to worry about leaving a carbon footprint. But really, the value they had created is understanding the behavior of their drivers and all that goes with it and all the data that they're generating. And now, all of a sudden, when, when Tesla really starts to tap in and drill down into that, what does that tell them and their future? Well, now, let's put that in the, into the built environment. What does that mean for a building owner? All the data that's being aggregated in one building is amazing. Imagine a portfolio of buildings. Mm -hmm and the people behavior that's going on in, you know, maybe <clears throat> the onset of development design as their commonality, 
And then ultimately through construction, are there commonalities? Are there certain things that they can be doing collectively to make them smarter? What about embodied carbon decisions? You know, I don't think anybody's measuring that to its full potential right now, but it's there. The data is there. The decision point is there. You just have to show somebody, you know, you go mass timber instead of concrete. What does that mean for your building? What does it mean for the occupants and how happy are they at the end of the day? And so this information is upon us right now. We're just not drilling into it. So why not find a way to start drilling into it? And even if, I don't know if what you, if you call them data scientists, but you need somebody who's sort of off the beaten path, who's not in the day to day, who can start to drill down in some of the, the data and what does that reveal? So that's, that's where I see the next sort of three to five years is this discovery in data and what it's going to start to tell people and how they can shift uh, their decisions. Boy, there's a lot, a lot there. Let me, let me, let me, let me go with the obvious first, which is before we look forward, let me look back a little bit and say that, you know, it, it was five, seven years ago where we would walk into a prospective customer and they'd be like, we don't trust the cloud. Right. So like they wouldn't even want to put stuff in the cloud. Like, and I'm like, okay, um, that's behind us now, right? That is, that's an argument that doesn't have to be, doesn't have to exist. And then we went through this whole thing where, well, you know, my, my, my field teams and my, you know, I trust my teams to, to deploy whatever software they feel necessary in order to get the job done. And then the CIOs would look at this and they'd be like, I have 9,000 <laughs> applications that I don't even, that aren't connected. That's just a, a spaghetti of just disaster. And so they started moving towards platform technology in the cloud. And so I think that's, kind of where we are today, which is the undeniable uh, uh, power of having a single source of truth, a platform that you can build upon. And, and that's where I think we find ourselves today. And then when you look forward, you know, Terry's a thousand percent right, which is table stakes are now platform. Uh, it's having access to data. Uh, it's having your teams be connected and working off the right set of information at the right time. It's getting your people to the right place at the right time. It's driving efficiencies through communication, collaboration, and data access into every aspect of the built world is, is going to be big. And then beyond that, it's the, when you do have this single source of truth, how, you know, the decisions that you can make, the fidelity and the quality of the decisions that you make as a business leader, you're going to look back on today and you're going to be like, I can't believe I made decisions of this magnitude with this little information, right? Mm -hmm. so, the, so the access to that information is going to change the way we do business. And frankly, it's going to disintermediate um, several different folks in the way because a lot of the construction industry, a lot of the built world is built off of opacity and lack of information. And once we create true transparency and get everybody working off the same set of information, uh, the efficiencies are just going to become enormous. And um, it's, it's, it's exciting. And then, you know, I love the concept of, you know, you have an idea for a building, that building eventually gets built. And then you have this digital twin as the owner, which you can, you own is for the rest of your life, that's constantly being updated with the most relevant information. Uh, and then you throw in all of the, you know, whiz bang stuff of the, you know, internet of things. So you're getting relative uh, information real time from the systems. And then I do want to say one other thing, which you talked about, about machine learning, Terry, which is it's not always just about the data. It, it's about the um, metadata that goes along with the data. Like, for instance, some of our, um, some of our data scientists at Procore have, have been able to put together correlations with the way that submittal logs are generated on construction sites 
the wording, the capitalization frequency to a schedule delay or budget overrun. Because what I think the hypothesis is, when you look at that through machine learning, you can say somebody's working very quickly and they're making lots of mistakes grammatically, which might indicate that they're running a sloppy job and might indicate a, pre a predecessor or a precursor to a budget overrun or a schedule overrun. It's that level of like magic that happens when you have a single source of truth where you can not only look at the data, but look at the metadata that goes along with it to just run better jobs. And that's what I find really exciting. Wow. Terry, you agree? Oh, listen. <laughs> can we get there? Tui has a, oh, we can absolutely get there. But, uh, you know, just, just hearing that story from Tui, I didn't even, uh, you know, I didn't understand that you already have people looking at it from that lens, you know, really high level. Uh, what's the correlation? What, what, how do you, how do you, develop all of these understandings of behavior of people that transcend into something that's going to tell you, Hey, you're about to head off the tracks with this project. Yeah. Right. Well, Terry, yeah. Well, Terry, what would you say to listeners and fellow, you know, your, your peers in the GC space construction management, and then also owners, you know, whether they're big giant owners or smaller owners and developers that are, you know, ULI members sort of looking for what's next. What would you say to them about digital strategies? Like what's your advice on how to create a digital strategy? What should they be thinking about and planning for? I, I think with a lot of them, um, even, even uh, designers is don't let it, don't think it's so big that you you're afraid to start something. If you have the opportunity to jump on, a project uh, that is using a platform, a collaborative tool like Procore, go all in, try it, use it, learn it. What's the best, what's the best application for you, your company, the relationship you can create with your owner or the builder? Um, and same, same with developers. I think uh, a lot of developers are very, very uh, focused on uh, getting, getting their approvals, or getting that ability to, to get that project started. And then usually when, when, they, when they are ready to get the project started, they feel like they're behind the eight ball, that they're way late. They don't have time for anything else. They just wanna get this thing started as fast as humanly possible, right? And sometimes it's, it's just a matter of, well, let's slow down here. Let's understand what, what technology is available, how it can keep me organized and actually bring me an advantage. Somebody help me understand this and just ask the right questions. Yeah, I right? love that. Tui, um, you've said in the past and, and I, which I completely agree with that uh, it still feels like we're at the beginning. Like we're sort of just getting started uh, even after 18 years. So I'm, I'm interested in what's next for you know, this industry, what's next for Procore and, and what drives you to just sort of like keep going in such a big monumental industry shift that's happening? Well, I think it would be uh, unseemly to have a founder who is satisfied with who, where they were. So I'm never going to be that, that, that person, as you know, being a founder yourself. Um, I would, um, so, so the reason I feel like we're day one is, like I said, if you kind of say, where are we now? When they look back on you know, this day in history, what are they going to say about where we were in the digital transformation? 
we're going to say, look, it's it, we uh, adoption of technology has been ubiquitous. Uh, the realization that a um, platform solution that's open is the right partner to be partnered with, um, and that but now we have to capitalize on the value of the connected experience, the value of making sure that people are all working off the same set of information. Look at the impact in in Procore rig, rigs with just a Google Doc. Right. The fact that you and I can work on a single sheet of music, right, a single document in real time and generate the outcome that we're looking for, as opposed to the old days of sending version controls back and forth and all of that. Those levels of improvement in the construction industry, when you get everybody working off the same set of information and connected and connecting those really complicated workflows that cause so many delays in construction. Once we start moving down that road, then I'm going to feel like, OK, we're on the path to this next place. But remember, the next place is data. It's the, you know, it's, 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 the, you know, it's predictive. It's all of the things that having access to rich structured data is going to allow you to do to, you know, I always say the two pillars in construction are time and money, schedule and budgets, right? Um, of course, safety is the third pillar. But um, once you can support those pillars on a foundation of solid data, that's anonymized that you can gather from uh, very light projects that you're building elsewhere. A story came up the other day about, so we just bought a, um, a company called Esticom, which is estimating. And one of the things that we keep talking about to both owners and GCs and specialty contractors are, as you're building a, as you're building a, a budget out, as you're building an estimate out for a hospital, let's say, if you leave a line item out because your pre-construction person got distracted, wouldn't it be nice if the system popped up and said, you're building a hospital and you just left cost code so-and-so out because we have 9,000 other hospitals that are like this and every single one of them have this cost code. Don't make this mistake. It's that level of like tactical advantage that technology that's structured in a connected environment gives uh, anybody involved in the process uh, that's just going to make this a much more efficient uh, uh, overall industry. And that's kind of where I get excited. I completely agree. I think it's also just going to be so impactful for the way that <clears throat> things get built and the future of the built world. So every day, it just feels incredibly empowering and exciting for, for all of us. Uh, well, maybe uh, it, to sort of wrap up in, in closing, uh, Terry, maybe, maybe you first, but what are your sort of thoughts on the opportunity for our industry? Um, and, you know, do we, do we have the right technologies today? Is there anything missing? And, you know, do you think now is the right time to, to leverage the technology that we have? Uh, just, just overall, like, what are your thoughts on technology in our, in our space? Well, first of all, I can't wait to get my hands on this estimating bolt on that Tui's talking about. <laughs> it's going to be tremendous. Um, I, I honestly think that uh, over the next three years, it'd be uh, it'd be absolutely wonderful to be able to um, organize strategic procurement uh, through a platform uh, similar to to what what Procore has. Um, you know, having direct access to multiple vendors globally, uh, so that you know exactly what you're buying, what, delivery times, cost, what's the problem they're solving, uh, and being able to sort of gain access to this. Uh, the supply chain far easier than we do now. I'd say we've come a long way in being able to organize a model first uh, digital application of how we're going to build the building, but still as, as we procure uh, in construction, 
it still feels very old school. Um, you know, you, 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 you can, once these companies who are out there, suppliers, uh, installers, they start to put themselves out there in a digital way where you can start to understand their capacity, understand their abilities, understand what problems they can solve for you en masse, I think will be a game changer for construction. Love that. <clears throat> Tui, final, final thoughts? Well, I guess uh, we did, we've talked a lot about connected and I think exactly with what Terry just said that you get all of that if you have structured data in a single source of truth and it doesn't have to be pro core. It just has to be a system somewhere where you can get access to that information. And that's where the efficiencies are gonna come from. I think the thing that we don't talk about enough is as we drive this digital transformation into this industry and it's happening, I believe we're gonna be able to attract the best and the brightest from all industries that are gonna to wanna to join this industry that for so long has been kind of plagued with the, um, it's, it's, it hasn't had the, the hallmark of the place where the, 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 the top you know, graduates from the top universities wanna go. The challenges in construction are so big and so great that when we start applying uh, real technology to solve for these, these challenges, that I think we're going to be able to attract more great people to this industry. Uh, and because ultimately it's always about the people in my mind. So how do we keep that? We need to not only solve the problems, we need to tell the world that we're solving those problems to be able to attract the talent to come in and help drive this industry forward. We're comes, we've come so far and I think it's the rest of the journey is going to be driven on the backs of really, really great innovative folks. Uh, and so I guess I get excited about what we can do to attract more and more people in this industry. I love that. Well, to me, it feels like both of you are are leading the charge in in terms of you know laying out that vision and also executing behind it. Which I know, in a smaller scale, you know how hard it is to both have a vision and execute. So, just wanted to say thank you both for being industry pioneers and and leading the charge and and bringing these two two pieces together. It's, it's super exciting, and uh, I'm inspired by it. Well, I just want to say thank you to Terry for inviting me to do this. I always value time with you, Terry. And, uh, you know, we've kind of a birds of a feather. So I, I really do appreciate it. And, um, you know, thank you for the opportunity. And, and Riggs, thank you for, uh, you know, being the moderator. And really thanks to ULI for the opportunity to be here today to, to uh, share my thoughts. I think uh, those who, who uh, are going to take the time to watch this are really going to be left with incredible insight. Tui, thank you so much, uh, you know, it takes time out of your day to get ready and get your head around something like this and prepare and share. Um, and, and Riggs, thank you very much. Asked the great questions, kept it flowing. And uh, I, could, I, I really enjoyed spending the time with both of you today. So thank you very much.